0: This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.
1: Hi, you guys. Welcome to the first episode of Trine Spotlight 2021. I am one of your new hosts, Amelia Mills, and today we're sitting down with Dr. Allen. He is a new member here at the Janin School of Arts, and we're happy to have him here.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here.
1: It's our pleasure. Um, so, how have you been? We was the last holiday weekend. Did you have fun? Do anything exciting?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, I was at a wedding, so two of my very old undergraduate friends are marrying each other, well, married each other, and so I got to step back into my <laughs> <laughs> undergraduate shoes and see the people that I lived in the dorms with again, and so... Yeah, I'm coming coming fresh from that.
1: That sounds actually really really nice. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Genuinely really nice. How about you? I got back. I finally went home. My mom had surgery, well, so I was I was just excited to see her. Um, and then the months of like August and September for my family is the most some of the most chaotic months because it's four out of my family is of like my mm-hmm. immediate family of six birthdays and my parents' wedding anniversary. So it's both of my grandparents, my dad and my uncle, and my parents' wedding anniversary. So we had like a big 70th birthday party for my grandparents. And then um, like in two weeks, we're going to have a big 40th and 43rd birthday party for my dad and my uncle. Um, So lots of parties. That's amazing. (laughs) It's it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It was not what I was expecting, to say the least.
0: And September uh, is like an easy month in general, so.
1: Yeah, it's like the start of everything, <laughs> um, but it's not as bad as November. In November, my mom's side of the family has uh, all of their birthdays, and it's, it's my grandma planned them out so particularly, they are each three years apart, five days apart in the same month. Fifth 10th, 15th.
0: That's wild. That's <laughs> unbelievable. So
1: <laughs> there's a birthday every week, <laughs> and it's just all Scorpios.
0: <laughs> that uh, is some intense energy to also have all yeah. in one place. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's a, it's a lot of fun, but that's, um, that's happening in a couple months. But um, So I guess we should just get started for the interview. So are, how are you liking trying so far? I know it's a small campus. Um, how are you enjoying it?
0: Uh, Trying is amazing. I think um, I've had some of the most just intensely welcoming experiences from everyone around. Uh, I think that it's just, it's a really special thing to see, you know, not just a department that likes each other and enjoys spending time with each other and is constantly giving each other book recommendations and taking care of each other's cats and things like that <laughs> but to uh see an entire campus that is doing that is um you know i keep wondering if i'm like on the, the truman show or something because it's just like it is uh uh it's been unbelievably welcoming there has to be some sort of deep um deep dark secret deep, at Bryan University. yeah yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> i mean maybe you'll find one but the <laughs> <yeah. laughs> The hack people here in this building, I've they're all so nice. They're mm-hmm. genuinely all so kind to, to everyone. They're all crazy, too. Yeah, okay. shout out, hack. Nice people. <laughs> exactly. All the kids, all the professors. Um, no, I've heard good things about you from literally every <laughs> professor that I've talked to um, that asked me what I'm doing Brown, Franzen, Olding, Goddard. I was talking to all of them. They're like, so what are you doing Tuesday? And I was like, well, for media practice. I'm like, I have an interview uh, with this man. I'd never met him before, um, so but he's new here, and I gotta do it. And Zimmer told me I need to. And uh, every single person was like, "He's so nice. You are gonna get along with him. Great. He's welcome him in. He's such a good person." I was like, "Okay, so I'm excited to meet you. And you are very, very nice."
0: That that is very kind of all of them.
1: Um, did you come from Indiana? Like, did you? No, no. So this,
0: this is my first time living in Indiana. I, my, my introduction to the state has been trying university. I think aside from driving through the state once, um, yeah, coming here for, you know, my like job visit was the first time I spent more than 24 hours in the state. So.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. You haven't seen, oh God, I'm so sorry. Indiana weather sucks here.
0: Well, I'm from Kansas originally, oh, so okay. I, I'm so you know used to, I, of it. <laughs> I know when every day can be somewhere between uh, 90 and 30, so I Genuinely, I get it. Yeah,
1: there, um, Indiana used to be a swamp, mm-hmm. and so the humidity here gets so bad that you want to like, that you can feel you could cut you could take a knife cut through the air and serve mm. the humidity on a silver platter that is my <laughs> huge complaint i love cold weather so indiana really doesn't bother me in that aspect but god the heat i hate heat i hate it so much but
0: i it, it it's definitely it was an intense welcome back i mean so i it's a different kind of swampy heat but still swampy heat from where i was before this which was philadelphia um, oh yeah, which I will say that uh, there's um, in Philadelphia like the summers are, are swampy certainly and and very hot. Um, but there's also uh, there's just like a lot more people and like yeah. people create heat, people yeah. create <laughs> smells and people create all kinds of things that make a summer a little more chaotic. Even.
1: I have been to Philadelphia once and I fully agree it was also in the summertime and it was horribly hot. Yeah. Packing getting packed into like the little tram cars um, on the subway. I hated it. I hated it so much. It was pre COVID, but I hated yeah. it. It yeah, was yeah, too yeah. hot. Um so what made you pick Trine? Why were <laughs> why did you pick this little rinky Dink town
0: and uh r- is not uh, not fair to Angola. <laughs> um it's cute. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, so I think something that, um, I found really interesting and endearing when I was, um, you know, I don't know how much you're aware of like the academic job market, but there's,
1: I've heard bits, I've interviewed a couple other professors okay. for a tech comm project last year, and they've said some things about the job market <laughs> Some, some things. Some things.
0: <laughs> some heavy italicized things, Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a challenge. Um, you know, there are, uh, a finite number of positions out there for people who want to teach. And, uh, I think a really remarkable thing that unfortunately, uh, means that not everyone has these positions is just like, there's a lot of people who are amazing, wonderful, highly devoted teachers out there, um, Yeah. Uh, But in terms of, uh, in terms of trying and my experience here, you know, I think that's something I really, uh, I love teaching to just like put it really bluntly. Yeah. Um, And there are, you know, all kinds of little side projects that I work on as, as a scholar and as a poet. But the things that make me feel really excited on a daily basis and especially now that we're back in person is being able to be in the room with a group of students and the kinds of, you know, every single day that I teach, I come out thinking like, wow, I've just had like 20 new amazing ideas given to me by these students um, in a way that I couldn't have predicted when I woke up this morning. Um, And so the fact that trying... Has so much focus on teaching as as uh, as a faculty responsibility, but also as a faculty, I would say, pleasure. Um, that is huge for me, and yeah. I I so much wanted to be back in the classroom and be back with students, and uh, yeah, so that was a huge draw for me here at Trine.
1: That is was genuinely a very very sweet response. <laughs> 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 um, well, I, I teach know.
0: communications, so you know. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> We are in the we are in Taylor. Um, no, I'm I'm really glad that, that you enjoy teaching here. Um, every professor I've met in this building, and every professor I've met in general, usually for the most part on Trine's campus, have been exceptionally nice and exceptionally courteous. Um, and you were no exception. You were very kind, <laughs> and I'm glad that I hope I have one. I hope I have a class with you sometime, like eventually. I, I hope so as well. That will be yeah. fun. Um, but f- before we get into the classes and stuff like that. Um, So all the professors here have their graduate majors, Um, their specific fields, you mentioned poetry, is that your specific field that you're teaching, or what is your, um, I'm bad at talking, I don't know why I'm doing podcasts, but (laughs) your specific, um, like Goddard's is Shakespeare, like your specific uh, major.
0: Yeah, so I have a couple specialties, so I mean this semester- (laughs) Specialty, specialty. <laughs> As an
1: English major, completely spaced <laughs> yeah. that word.
0: Words are hard. Anyone should know. An English major should know that words are very difficult.
1: Yeah, I had my girlfriend look over one of my papers, and she looked at me and she's like, "How are you an English major?" There's like 15 things spelled wrong in this one paragraph.
0: It's creative <laughs> yeah. writing. Exactly. It's all creative. Yeah.
1: It was so bad the spell check couldn't pick it up mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple mm-hmm. times, and I was like, "Yep, that makes that makes sense." But. Yes. It's <laughs> <back and> <laughs> okay. No, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. No, no, I need to apologize. Um Yeah, so my specialties, so this semester, um, I'm teaching uh technical communications. Oh, um, which I, I'm I'm loving so far. Okay, I just good. I just left one of those classes, I'll be in, be in one in just a bit. Um and I would say that uh techcom uh is connected to what I'd say is like one of my specialties which is composition and rhetoric.
1: Oh, wow. So um, you picked like the hard stuff. You, that's <laughs> like the, that's the difficult stuff. That's the
0: <laughs> I, that's, that's, I mean, that I'm, I'm, it's kind of you to say because in Techcom just earlier today, our, our conversation kept centering around just uh, the repetition of, well, it depends. And, <laughs> oh, it's contextual. And that's a hard question. Um, yeah, I, I do think that it's, it's, a hard topic, but it's a hard topic because uh, it's so hyper dependent on these things that don't have definitive answers. Like, how can you say what good communication is? How can you say what good writing is? Well, it's always dependent on who you're speaking to in the moment you're speaking with and all kinds of different things that uh, uh, are really difficult to study in a.
1: Yeah. I've taken, I took TechCom. Last year this time, and as a person who, I, I am an English pre-law double major, and I love, love writing. I love anything to do with writing poetry, creative writing, nonfiction, any, anything. I was having issues mm-hmm. with technical communication because the way that English majors are taught to write is different than the way that engineers are taught to write, and this, like, ability to play around with words as much. Mm. Um So whenever I would like write a piece, like the flower, flower, I can't even talk, but the language that I would use and the flow that I would have writing an essay for American literature too about like, um, the reasons why Zenobia is like a symbol for feminism and stuff like that is not, and they are not the same language. Um, that is used for tech comm. And that's what I found difficult in that class. I still find difficult to do a lot of the time. As someone who's like writing constitutions and pre-law documents now, that's difficult. It is hard.
0: I mean, I would argue that if it's difficult and it's hard, that's a good sign. That means that uh, you are, you know, you're critically facing the things that are hard and continue to be hard. And I think that uh, something that uh, uh, is helpful for me when I'm in the classroom teaching is that we're talking about things that I, myself, as a writer, even if I may be working as a professor now, struggle with myself constantly. You know, if uh, if I'm spending a class period talking about, uh, we'll take something very, very basic, such as just sending someone an email for the first time. And, you know well, what's my first sentence, right? And I feel every time that I am faced with that task, and I send a lot of emails at this point, uh, you know, the same pang of anxiety that I felt when I was, you know, 18 and emailing my, like, very first advisor and being like, hello, uh, Mr. Doctor, Professor, Sir. Uh, I have done that. (laughs) What's up? Um, Howdy. Howdy. Howdy's a good one. Howdy's great. Uh... These are, unfortunately, I'd say problems that never go away. Yeah. They're just things we develop strategies for. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've done,
1: um, I remember I was taking a math test and I wrote um, the it was just like a simple yes or no. And this is just showing technical communication math ways. Uh, it was just a yes or no question of like, was this line a, a function? Mm-hmm and I put yeppers peppers on the test, (laughs) and my professor hated it so much that he um, said explicitly, I got the question right, which is amazing because I'm bad at math, Um, but he was like, if I see anyone ever put yeppers peppers or howdy or any other form of yes or no, I will you points, and everyone in the class was making fun of the person that wrote yeppers peppers on their math test, and I sat there with my face red. So I understand <laughs> <laughs> how important this can be. Yeah. Um, but techcom that is a that's really cool though.
0: Thanks. Yeah. So I, I mean it's techcom and, and rhetoric and composition are uh, I'd say one area that I work in. And I think they're deeply related even though they kind of get listed as separate classes. But I
1: agree with you. I think that yeah. 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 Um are you teaching any like Classes or like on campus that aren't tech year? com. Uh, well, <laughs> ones that I could potentially take.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so next semester, I'm very excited because uh, I'm teaching uh, three different classes. So one will be uh, composition, composition rhetoric. Okay. So it will be kind of a different angle than we take in tech comm because it will be um, it'll be like a really Fluid, slightly more theoretical course on just like how do we, uh, how do we go about figuring out the ways we talk to each other and write to each other, and and it's all of its complicated manifestations. Of course, we're going to come to a concrete, objective answer. At the end of that. that still sounds really fun. <laughs> um, so that, but also I'll be teaching a creative writing workshop, which you might cool. be interested in, as that is cool. hopefully some others are. Um,
1: Your- Writing club, or at least there was on campus, um, not that long ago, that I was involved in.
0: That, yeah. If that, if that's not continuing at the <laughs> moment, it should be that. <laughs>
1: I will. I'll let them know. I'll text. I'll text them. Tell them that we have some person that would like to help us.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I'd actually. Well, this is a. This is a tangent, I suppose, a little bit. That's okay. um, which is that? So something that I learned about when I started here is that there used to be. A publication I believe called inscriptions
1: there was You're, I did not know this
0: so I have an issue in my office I could grab for you it's looks like the last time it was published was in 2017 it was a student literary journal
1: I did not know that it was that soon yeah not that long ago
0: and well as as we're both aware of at this point this doesn't exist at present yes the current
1: time of this reporting, it does not decode. Currently, <laughs> exactly. If it somehow pops up in like the next hour after I send this to Zimmer, mm-hmm. then I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> well, just what I would like to put out here and put out to anyone who might be listening to the podcast and interested in this sort of thing. Um, uh, I'm very much looking to help uh, support, encourage, uh, and do whatever I can for students who would like to start uh, some sort of undergraduate literary journal back up again in whatever shape or form that looks like. So, that would be really cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I did as an undergraduate. It's something I've done a bit since then. And I think that, uh, you know, there's just something amazing about having like a book that you've made with people in huh. your hand that, you know, and uh, so just, just a quick plug if you're interested in that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, what kind of... Um what kind of pieces of literature would go in those, or um, on average go in those? Like, just scholarly articles written by kids on campus, or...?
0: Well, th- this, uh, I mean, the question should probably go the other direction, because yeah. I would like to be asking this question of the students making this sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, my experience in putting together literary journals is that it's a collection of creative writing. So okay. I believe inscriptions um, contained poetry, fiction, nonfiction, um... Maybe it had some art in it, like visual art as well. Um, my experience with working with these kinds of uh, publications is that, yeah, I mean, it can be really up to the editors who are putting together what they want to have in there. And so sometimes there can even be themes, right? Um, one of uh, one of my uh, favorite journals I'm thinking about now that I'm away from Philadelphia is uh, called voicemail poems, um, that sounds nice. uh, run by um, uh, the poet Amy Sol Zursby. I believe I have her name right, and a few others in the Philadelphia area. And voicemail poems as a conceit is, uh, it's an entirely poet online poetry journal. And uh, basically, if you submit a poem to them, the first thing you do is you send them, you know, the written poem. But then the next thing you do is you uh, call their hotline you leave a voicemail in which you read that poem, and their issue comes out, and it's part print, and then it's also part, um, I think they have a, a Spotify station where you can listen to the recorded voicemails of all the poets who have left their poems.
1: That is really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's there's such a range of things that people can do, and uh, my only role in this would just be to help whatever students want to put something like this together to be whatever shape they're interested in.
1: I think that would genuinely be a lot of fun. We have something on campus like this, um, but it's a contest. It's not necessarily... Mm -hmm.
0: I've seen the booklet, yeah.
1: Yeah, the Cunningham Writing Contest. Um,
0: But you have a poem in there, right?
1: I have a poem and a story in there. Um, My friend, uh, Parker, also has uh, their stuff in there as well. Um, I have a couple friends that have their stuff published. But... um, A lot of people are scared to do that because they feel like they don't want to compare writing Hmm. um that's what I was terrified of doing that's why I didn't do it until last year um but I know that I have a lot of friends that one they don't really care about the money and two they just like to write instead of trying to compare themselves constantly to some of the other students here um And I also have a lot of friends that are not hack majors that are really insecure about their writing. Mm -hmm. You've Mm -hmm. probably met some of those kids in tech comm, like engineers and forensic scientists and stuff, that they're decent writers. They're just scared because they don't, like at least my friends, they don't necessarily know what's right, what's wrong. I have friends that are good writers and they stop me because they think their Instagram caption is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And they need my seal (laughs) of approval on it. Um, But I think that would be really awesome to get kids that may be too scared and also visual art would be really fun. There's a lot of, um, one of the other people here, he's going to hate me, but one of the other hosts, his name is Maurice. Um, he is an amazing painter, like,
0: oh, wow. really, really yeah, good yeah. at
1: painting. And, um, if we could somehow get his like visual art into the book or like, um, one of his sculptures or something like that, then I know that would be really cool for him.
0: These, uh, yeah, I mean, I I am all ears, okay. <laughs> I would love to help help support in stop. any way this I can. Is the yeah, stop. yeah, yeah.
1: This is the start of this. All right. Um. So, did you go to college in Philadelphia or Kansas or some other crazy place <laughs> in the United States? Uh,
0: a, a complicated question. So, <laughs> um, I did my undergraduate mm-hmm. uh at the University of Kansas in Lawrence, Kansas. Okay, cool. Amazing place. I have a lot of love for Lawrence. Um, so I studied English focused in creative writing. I started as a journalism major and, uh, quit pretty after like my first, after my first real journalism course, um, just because there was something about the way that, uh, it was structured that I wasn't really responding to. And I was taking in like, a fiction workshop at the same time. So it became pretty simple to figure out what I was into and what I wasn't.
1: Yeah. That was, that's yeah. I get that.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I finished up, I did a a BA there, um, with English and creative writing. Um, and then I took some time off. I did a couple things and then what was that? I said nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I recommend it. Anyone who is on their way out from trying and is worried about what to do, uh, if you can take some time off and do something new and exciting, I highly recommend it.
1: Instead of going immediately back to school,
0: yeah, and yeah. that's coming for someone with two graduate degrees. So please <laughs> take time off.
1: <laughs> um, but University of Kansas.
0: Yes, University of yeah. Kansas. It, it, the shorthand is KU, which is yeah, confusing. The Jayhawks. The Jayhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Rock Shock.
1: I wanted to go there when I was younger because I I'm I'm six foot one uh-huh. and I play a lot of basketball. And I used to play, I was gonna play here, but I scholarship got in the way mm-hmm. um, for theater. So um, I wanted to go there ever since I was little. Like, their basketball team's amazing. And I was like, I wanna play there so bad. But yeah, the j- it's, it's, but yeah it's a basketball school. It's a gr- yeah, yeah. Like, they have a great team.
0: They have, I believe they still have the original rules of basketball on campus because of James Naismith.
1: That is that is very dope.
0: It, who did the very who invented cool. the uh, nailing peach baskets to the wall <laughs> and having <laughs> people throw balls
1: in there? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah no I that's so cool. Yeah, sorry, I was just <laughs> no, like, no, wow, no this is awesome. <laughs> just I yeah I I love it's like uh, University of Kansas and uh, UNC because mm-hmm. my mom's from North Carolina, so big UNC fans too.
0: Well, I will say that actually, both University of Kansas and I believe the University of North Carolina, though I don't know for a certain, but definitely University of Kansas has a wonderful uh, MFA uh, in creative writing. That would be really some cool. other graduate programs. So you may not uh, be totally out of options to end little, up yeah. a Jayhawk. I'd, yeah, uh,
1: that would be so. That would be really cool to be a Jayhawk. Did you get your M, M, A there, M, F, I'm not <laughs> great at this?
0: No, it's, it's confusing. It's super confusing. Um, I did not. So uh, yeah, and this is probably a good point to even make a quick uh, revision. So I know at the top, you mentioned that I was uh, Dr. Allen. I'm actually not Dr. Allen. I don't have a PhD. Okay. I just have a master's degree and a master's in fine arts. Ooh. So if you look at my placard on my door, it just says Professor Allen. Um, which, uh, is great. Um, uh, just, to say, you don't have to get a PhD to be a professor. That's um,
1: really cool. The more you know.
0: So, I got an MA in poetry and poetics, um, at the University of Maine, in Orono, Maine.
1: It's a basic question, so I'm not going to ask it, but do you have a favorite overrated poet, or like a poet that you feel is like, you don't get the hype around? A poet, sort of poet? that
0: doesn't get the hype. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I know, thought yeah.
0: about this a lot. So I've got...
1: A poet I, you want to take down a pig.
0: Oh, a poet I want to take down a pig. You, like you want, like, the, yeah, tea want the tea about a nasty yeah. poet. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a basic question to ask you who your favorite poet is. I want to know who you despise. Who I have a
0: feud with. Yeah. yeah.
1: Make some um, enemies. There's got to be someone in this building that likes this person.
0: They're oh. are too nice. Uh, yeah, let me think. <laughs> Poetry is unfortunately a small community out there, so this will probably be on record somewhere. Um, rather, so rather than name names, which I won't do, I'll be smart. Um, I will say that there is a, a strategy that I am resistant to in poetry. As you Ooh. can see, I'm now picking my words very carefully.
1: Yes what kind of strategy
0: so uh there is um a trend i won't even necessarily say it's like part of a particular type of school or practice of poetry because i think it it's a practice that goes across a lot of different schools of poetry Mm -hmm. um where uh creative license is taken with um people's identities as material first, rather than an incredibly complicated uh, network of incredibly important values and aspects. And and by that, I mean taking the identities of people that the poets themselves are not. So okay. So, uh, well, you know what? I will name names. Yeah, you can go for it. <laughs> um, there is a a uh, poet, conceptual poet um, named uh, Kenneth Goldsmith that got very, I mean, he's still very famous, I imagine, but um, uh, writes a lot of poetry that is, uh, I think his tagline is uncreative writing. So it's just um, taking, uh, you know, large swaths of already existing text like the weather report of a certain day or... Or things like that, and basically just republishing it and saying, "Well, through the act of republishing it, I have turned this into poetry, and it's my poetry because I've mediated it." And I think that's very provocative. I think that raises interesting questions. Um, the issues that I have is that um, there have been instances where, uh, Kenneth Goldsmith, and he's not alone in this. So I just want to say, like.
1: It's not just you, Kenneth.
0: Yeah, and, and poetry police. There just are more <laughs> <of you. laughs> be gentle with me here. Um, but there are instances where that strategy has been applied to texts that refer to uh, the bodies of individuals. So a really particular case was that um, there was a reading in which um, this strategy was applied to. Uh, the autopsy of Michael Brown, who you may remember.
1: Yeah, um, when I was, yeah. The
0: victim when of police, uh, brutality. police brutality. Yeah. Oh, God. And so okay. taking this text that was the text that is referring to incredibly intimate physical details of this man's body oh. that was murdered. Yeah. Um, and choosing to uh, reshape that in a way that is. Um, some would say. I would say, not doing the autonomy and sanctity of that human justice. Yeah. I find problematic, and I. Uh, yeah, I yeah. think
1: I'm gonna agree with you on that one. I don't think that's that's. It also draws a line of if people are making a career out of these types of poetry in general, one does that infringe on copyright, and two, um, being provocative can only take you so far. Yeah, in I'm, my opinion, at least, like provo- <laughs> uh, to provocative, yeah. I would rather take substance, like consistent good substance, over um, one provocative, like medium.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, and I am not against provocation. Like, I think oh, yeah, that. Yeah, no, neither am I. But yeah, I mean, I think that uh, art is inherently provocative. It should be. Um, well, I th- I would even say that any art we make is provocative in some way. Because if we think about the context of, uh, I mean, thinking about even just the university structure as being, you know, this is the time that we are preparing ourselves to get a job and preparing ourselves for the workforce and preparing ourselves to be hyper-efficient mm-hmm. in all of these systems that make sense and we're going to make the money and da-da-da-da.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, you always have, like every week there is someone who is writing an editorial that says, why are people still studying art? Why are people still, you know, English majors are the lowest paid people in the world or whatever. And that's a great, what I just said as an example is a great overstatement. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, there's, I would argue, more to life than efficiency and more to life than... um, the next step of the career path, right?